Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Hi, and welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit marketingsimplified.co.uk to see all of our recent um, podcasts. So today we're here with Nick from Nilco. Hey, Nick. Morning. So, um, Nick, do you want to give us a little overview, first of all, um, about Nilco? Tell us what it is. Okay. Well, Nilco is a tool high general builders merchant. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that you can get anything from us that you'd get from Travis, B&Q, but also we hire equipment as well. So we're uh, a bit of everything for anyone in the trade or public, I suppose. Yeah. So for our listeners, whereabouts are you based? We're based in Woodford Green Essex, which is just off the North Circle Road in North East London. Okay, very good. So tell us how you got into the industry then. Okay. I left school... I would say I was 17 probably. I left school, like most people, I walked out that door and I thought, what do I do now? So um, I went home, I, used to, I worked a little bit in my parents' restaurant, being Greek, they always had a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Never the food. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought, well, this is not the life for me. And um, how can I put it? I didn't work for a while. And I remember my mum giving me a, a boot out the backside and saying, when are you gonna do something? So I got introduced to a company called Hilly through a, through a, a works um, agency. They were, they were based in um, Angel Islington, I remember. And uh, they said, this job um, on offer fixing tools. And I thought, okay, I like tools. I always like working with my hands. So I went for the interview, got the job. And today they call them plant fitters, where you repair uh, machinery. But this was repairing Hilty machinery. Anyone in the trade, knows Hilti. Hilti is the number one, even today, when it comes to fixings and tools. They are they are the market leader and a fantastic company. I worked there for about five years learning the trade and it was mainly tools. Um, from there I moved on to a hire company called Lance Plant Hire where I learned more about the bigger equipment. We, we I then set up a, a business with two ex-Hilti um, representatives, that they were salesmen if you like, and we set up a company in East London just doing the hire equipment. From there, I moved to a company, again, I left there as a, as a partnership and went to another partnership in North London uh, in Middleton Road, I think it was. And we set up, um, well, did set up, it was an existing builder's merchant, and, and I went and joined them to bring in the hire side and, and the fixing side. And that's where I learned about all the other materials and the paints and everything. And from there, which was, 26 years ago now, we, we, we split up, we all went our own ways, and I set up Nilco. Uh, Nilco was set up initially, uh, I didn't really want to do the materials, but we set up initially as a hire company and a fixing company, which was my core um, and, and power tools, I should say, I mentioned power tools. That is my core knowledge. But because people knew me, they kept saying, oh, Nick, well, when you bring that drill, can you bring us a, a couple of bits of timber or a couple of sheets of plasterboard? And I thought, well, I don't do that no more. They said, well, yeah, but you must be able to get it. And um, the rest is history, as they say. That has now become the biggest part of our business, the building material side. So my core, which is power tools, hire and fixings, is still there and it's still bringing in a good revenue. But the main part of the business has turned into the building material supplies, which is... I suppose you have to go with the flow. Mm. It's not what you set out to do. It's, it's not what I set like out to do. Accident. It's it, yeah, it was. It's a happy, ha- maybe not a happy accident, but certainly it, it's a happy ending. 
Hope not on anything yet. I'm still in front. <laughs> I'm going to say he's still going strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. So, so that's what we have today. So tell us about your most prestigious project today. Oh well, we've we've supplied many 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 projects. Well, we've 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 had some big clients working on some uh, very big projects. Uh, Heathrow Terminal Four when that was being built, we supplied material there on hire. Uh, Gatwick, uh, the North Terminal is the new one, I think. I can't remember which one is the newest terminal, but we supplied equipment there, mainly scaffold towers, things like that. Uh, we've, we've supplied materials in the Buckingham Palace, Hampton Court, Winter Castle when the fire uh, happened there. Um, Tower of London, we've had the, we had one customer who was, who was doing the maintenance there, and we went on. New Scotland Yard, the old the headquarters, I used to have to go with my ID to get in to make deliveries. But number one, without question, is London 2012, the London Olympics. That we supplied five of the venues uh, with materials, different scales. I mean, the Aquatic Centre, we supplied all the fixings to hold down the seating, as well as our clients using um, tools for hire, uh, buying tools, that sort of thing. Um, Greenwich Park, there was the, um, the show jump in there. I can't remember what that was called. I think it was called Bridge Park. Well, we supplied all the timber. You know, that, that was a temporary arena. Um, I don't know if you remember it at all, but there was there was, there was a proper uh, arena constructed. We supplied all the, all the timber there uh, where our client um, built the arena and obviously we dismantled and disposed of afterwards. Where else did we supply? We, we had the, the O2. That was an existing uh, venue, but they had to... Um, scale it inside to sort different different events. So again, we supplied timber there where they partitioned things off. Uh, there's uh, Earls, not Earls Call, Olympia. Now we supplied materials there, same as the O2, they had to break that down. And there was one more, Excel, that was the other one. We supplied the materials there as well. So it's five, our, two of our clients, our biggest clients, had various uh, contracts on those five um, venues and, and we went in with them simply because they were our clients and they trusted us. I was going to say, so that's, that's how you managed to get yeah. those particular jobs. It's your clients have been doing yeah. well and your reputation, obviously, being able to, to well, scale to that level. Well, this is, a, this is an example of how to look after people to keep them satisfied. These two clients are, are clients that I knew from my Hilly days and we'd stayed friends and they'd carried on using us and they used us to today. Um, and... We look after them on price, we look after them on service. You know, you build a reputation. They need to be able to call someone to know that if they phone Nick and, I, and, and they ask Nick for 10 screws at this job tomorrow, that they're gonna be there. Mm -hmm. And with the Olympics, they weren't gonna delay the Olympics for anyone. The Olympics was gonna start on that day. It had to be delivered. Therefore, their materials had to be there. It wasn't a case of ringing one of the other merchants and they can't get it, or we can get that ordered for you. It's going to take three days. We, we, uh, if you remember, I, I stepped down from Vision for a while, and that was why to concentrate on it. And they, they used to, we used to get the calls every day, normally in the afternoon. This is what we want for tomorrow, and it was there. We didn't miss one delivery slot. The materials were there. Right. It's, you know, so and that's the end of the day to you having it ready the next morning. Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, I was getting up at, at silly o'clock to make sure that everything was ready, and um, the vans were going out. 
go into the Olympic Park. You well, you couldn't go into the Olympic Park. You had to go to a waiting area in Barking where it was where you were security checked. So obviously we were we were pre-checked, but you had to go there. They checked the vans, to, to, and and then from there you were then allowed to go into the Olympic Park to make the deliveries. So you're saying that's all to do with then your previous clients then. Well, they're not previous, they're current clients. Current, well, yes, yeah, sorry. But, but, uh, current and previous. Yeah. You met them a longer time ago. Yeah. How have you, you kept them so close? Um, is that business well, process? Is it's, that? It's, 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 a, it's a natural process. If you do things correctly um, and do things properly, then there's no reason for you to lose a client. You know, obviously, you, we're all human. There's going to be situations where... So a price is wrong or something goes wrong but it's how you deal with that and it's how you do deal with that is the most important thing I mean th- these are people that I've known and, and they've trusted us we trust them for years and it wouldn't occur it wouldn't occur to me to give them any amount of credit that they want because we've got that relationship in fact one of them is similar to us where my son is coming and is pretty much taking it over now he's actually got two sons and and um they've pretty much taken over his company as well and he spends most of his time in Ireland. And funny enough, his sons used to play football with my son. So it's just a natural progress of moving on. But trust and, and, and is, a, is a massive element. I mean, you can shop around online and find any price you want, but there's no, there's no human element, if you know what I mean. There's no... Um, what's the word I'm looking for that... You've got to build relationships to keep this sort of business. Yeah. And, and that's how it's done. I mean, you can go down the West End and go into any restaurant and you'll see business people out for a meal and, uh, you know, they're, they're meeting up and having a chat about everything except work. And then at the end of the, of the oh, by the way, um, I want some of these, can you drop them off to me tomorrow? That's how business really works. You know, it's obviously you can have appointments, go and see buyers. You sit there, you talk about all this, but it doesn't give you the business. Hmm. You you mentioned a really long list of um, like landmarks and <laughs> yeah, yeah. name dropping there, Nick, yeah. which is uh, really yeah. good. And obviously, you, you mentioned that it's from two of your um, long-standing clients yeah. that got you in. I don't know if that was all of that list, but for any of those places or any other great jobs that you've done that didn't come from those clients. Yeah. How else do you get in those kind of big jobs? Are you going out and, and presenting no, and tendering? We're or no, we're doing? not. We, you know, we've got our client base, and our client base is, a, is, is quite a quality level. I mean, you, 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 know, you get your, your, your um, um, I'll choose my words carefully, but you, you get your, you know, your plumbers, your electricians who, who do domestic work. We've also got um, a, a big clientele, bigger companies that tender for this type of work. Uh, council work, if you like, uh, big office jobs, and we supply them with with materials. We've we've supplied them with materials for a long while, um, and consequently, when they get a project, we follow in with them. You with me? That's that's where the trust element comes in because they trust us to be able to look after them and supply them with with their needs. Um, we get many you know emails every single day. We want this obscure item. When can you get it? And it's something that we don't deal with, but we, we, we find it for them. And, you know, I've, I've, I've supplied office chairs and tables, believe it or not, to some projects because they're going, oh, we need these here quick. I'll give Nick a ring. And we get it there for them. You know, we just, we, it's about service. Service is, is actually more important than price, in my opinion. 
Because if you if you shop around and you save some a tenner on ten items, and um, it takes a day to get them on the site, what does it cost you in labour time? Whereas, yeah, well, if you pay fifty pound more, I'm not saying we are that much, but if you pay fifty pound more, um, what have you lost in labour time? And your guys standing around, and if you're on a timeline and you have to get a project on a certain day, you're 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 moving away from that timeline all the time. Or the, the Emirates, I forgot the Emirates. Oh, we're going on, eh? <laughs> Any yeah, Arsenal so supporters out there? I was going to say, so now all the Tottenham supporters have just turned <laughs> off, so thanks, Nick. Divisive. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying, basically, fundamentally, it boils down to the relationships and aligning yes, yourself and your yeah. company brand yeah. with the kind of companies you want to be in of with, kind of, of course. bigger players, of fundamentally, course, yeah. your ideal yeah. clients. Of course. Uh, I mean, if you look at our shop from the outside, no one has got any indication of the, le- the level of business that we do mm-hmm. uh, we do transact. From the outside, it just looks like a, a shop. Uh, but there's so much going on behind the scenes, which it happens because of our contacts, you know, because of the interaction we get. I mean, I mean, our contacts refer us to their contacts. And, and we get a lot... Of, I've never, ever, ever had to go out and look for business because... Our business has come for us through our contacts and through networking. So you've got a lot going on behind the scenes, Massive, as we know. Yeah. But you've also got an incredible team. It's very much a family-run yeah, business. Well, it is, yeah. So yeah. talk to us about that. Okay, well... <laughs> um, I'll when, let you lead on where to yeah, start. Okay, well, <laughs> when, I, when I started Nilco, I started off the back of a van and all the stock was in our garage at home. And as we got bigger, I, 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 I rented more garages to store materials and everything. The loft was full of stock. So it was just me and my wife, Helen, that, that, that were doing everything. And before that, she wasn't really involved in, in the partnerships I had. I mean, she was, um, uh, you know, when the children were young, she was you know, at home with the children. She used to do the bookkeeping for our second business, but that, but that was one day a week. So but I had partners as well. So she wasn't, again, involved in, in the in the running of it, but she, I mean, booking is quite important. But um, when we started Nilco, it was different. It was just me and her, and we we just had to muck in and, and, and do it. But we, we are quite a good team. We do bicker as, as, as you know, I, I don't believe there's a husband and wife team that does, doesn't bicker, but, That's very you know, but, but um, we're a good team. You know, I, I, I'm, when I look at Helen, we are one, you know. We're not. Um, we're not two people. We're one. Um, she she runs our accounts now. Without her running it, I don't know where I'd be because you need to have trust. But my son's come into the business. He's he's learned it. Uh, you know, he when he left school, we wanted him like most Greek parents. We wanted all that children to go to university and get degrees. I mean, but he he was studying and he wanted to get into banking, and he was he was a year into his. Um, his degree, and uh, he took he took a sabbatical, went to Falaraki, uh, which um, is like the, the, the uh, like it's similar to Air Napa. He was there for about six months, something like that. And then when he came back, I thought, right, okay, when you can go back to the, to the degree, son, and I'll, I'll still a bit more time. And he said, I don't want to do it. I want to come in the shop. So he did, and you know I, that wasn't my. That wasn't our um, plan. We wanted the, the idea of the business was to give us all a better uh, 
livelihood to help our children. But we ended up with uh, a big yellow lantern in the shop. And Andrew's learned, he's a very good learner. You know, he's, he's, he's brilliant, I have to say that. Um, and he's been working really well. He's learned a lot. He's, 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 he's a fantastic networker. And he's bringing in some big clients now of his own. Um, and, and between us, it's, it's scaling it all up over there. Having said that, I'm 62 now. Do I want to carry on doing this? <laughs> You know, he's well, scattered on his gun. Why stop? Why stop? That's a really interesting thing. In in my history, I've, I've worked with or at various different family-owned businesses yeah. and had experience of different things. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that you are like this, but how do you reconcile the whole fact of having employed employing staff? Yeah. You are very well versed inside your business, yeah. and then they see the son or daughter come in. Who eventually then is going to take over? Yeah, yeah. Just it's, that. it's a valid point, but but in in the case of all our staff, my son was there before them anyway. We haven't got any members of staff that, that joined us before Andrew. Right. Um, so all the staff that are in there see him and me as the bosses. So it's a slightly different situation. Having said that, because we are growing, there there is there is positions that people can scale themselves into. I mean, we've got one lad who who's quite good. Um, you know, he, he, he's involved in, in quite a few different areas of the business, but we need to maybe focus him into one area and, and put him in charge of that. But, you know, every, everything, we've got 11 staff. Um, although we have scaled up, uh, 11 staff is not really a massive amount in the scheme of things. But when I had my first partnership, um, which was well, 40 years ago, we had 25 staff. But my dad always taught me that, Make it big by keeping it small. You don't have to have a hundred staff and turn over fifty million. The important thing is to have something that you can control and that you're comfortable controlling, um, and and that you can produce and make a good living with what you got. There's no point in turning over ten million, having nine million pounds worth of cost. There's no point at all. And you know I've seen it so many times um, when the children were young. They, they'd say, well. Helen as well, actually, funny enough, one time, she said to me, look at them, look how well they're doing there. They're driving around in this and they're living there. I said, well, people, what, what, what foundation have they got? Do they, how much money do they owe? And these particular people she was talking about, they lasted another two years. They went bust. Banks took over everything because everything was on borrowed money. You know, obviously, you need to borrow money to, to get to where you want to be, but you've got to, you've got to balance it. You can't just borrow for the sake of it and, and have... Uh, multiple expenses and, and not get anywhere. It's got to be at a certain level. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah living, living too beyond your means. Yeah, it's sick. You've it got does, to live within your means. Because it does scare a lot of people, doesn't it, about how much you potentially have to have to borrow to yeah. scale and grow. Well, do you know you when can, you need to do that? Yeah, but you, if you, if you, do you ever watch a programme called Dragon's Den? Yeah. I mean, this, I love that programme because you, when you watch the, the, the ideas that people come up with, and you got Thea Bafitis and what's his name, Peter, um, Peter Jones. Jones. They're fantastic. I mean, um, you need to create the base that's gonna, that's gonna. How can I put it? That's gonna self grow the business. So if you can produce the the, the profit margin that's gonna give you the scalability, then you don't need the banks. Is this your biggest tip on how to oh, yeah. scale a we, trade we construction? We, we, we've business. got no business loans. No business loans. We've got no overdraft, no business loans. And yet we're scaling up. So everything is, well, it's all 
Yeah, or cash in the business. It's well, yeah, cash is not the wrong word. It's in the bank, but but yeah, it is. But it's yeah. because you know we're doing the right things. I mean, this new warehouse that we've opened up is my son's baby, and it's it's, it's fantastic. We should have perhaps did it years ago, but I, 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 I wanted to keep hold of, of the cost and everything. But we've fully stopped it with 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 timber and sheet, and we haven't borrowed one penny from the bank. We've done it with you know with, with the business money. So what does that tell you? I mean, the, the fallacy is people come up, they start off in business, go to the bank, business plan, borrow money, do this, I need that money for this. And then oh, you see them on, on Dragon's Den, well, they, well, what do you want the 50,000 for? Well, I want to do a, a market research plan or, or marketing plan. And they'll look at them and go, well, you're not going to do it with that amount of money and run the business and do this. It's just, you've got to start in a comfortable manner, build it up, build it up, build it up. Obviously, where you need it, you, you borrow where you can. It's got to be, it's got to be affordable, and, and it's and it's got to be at a certain level. The most important thing to scale up is to scale up the turnover with profit. Simple as that. It's it's not rocket science. Too many people chase things too quickly. You just got to do the fundamental basics. Patience, patience, mm -hmm. basics, things. That, I mean, sometimes. You could be lucky enough and, and a massive job will fall in your lap and, 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 and it's there quickly. But it, it, in, in reality, it does take time. You know, you've got to build it up, build it up, have a plan where you want to get to and how you're going to get there. Um, obviously, there's nothing wrong with using banks, but you've got, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got to come from your cash flow. Mm -hmm. It's got to come from your cash flow. See, so I popped down to see you a couple of weeks <laughs> ago because I was yeah. on the road meeting another client. And your shop doors are like revolving doors. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like this it's like all, all day time. long. And the phones as well. So, yeah, and I yeah. walked in, and you've got your, your counter there. There was about mm. four of you. That wasn't even you. There's you four of us serving. Yeah. And you had trades just all yeah. circling around. So, you obviously speak to lots of trades boys yeah. on a daily basis and you probably hear lots of conversations yeah. as well. What are you hearing from these guys when they're in your shop that's maybe one of their biggest challenges or problems that you yeah. keep listening into? Um, well, I don't hear I, I don't hear the problems, but but the, the the biggest factor that I can see and that you get from most of them is that they've most of them have too much work for the man hours that they've got. So you could say they haven't got enough staff. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it, it, it's, it's difficult because with the staff you've also got to have the right trained staff, and and have you got the time to train them up to your level? Um, most of them, they're all saying how busy they are. Um, so if you put it all together, it's it's work and having the right trained staff to deliver that work. That's the biggest problem that we're hearing. I mean, everything else they come in and they moan about their wives. Yeah, I mean, I don't Yeah, I advise them on that as well. Obviously, <laughs> well, bearing in mind, I know you've got family members that are part of your team, but you've got other team members yeah. that obviously aren't. How do you then approach that in your own business in terms of getting your team members to a level that obviously you can't replicate Nick it's Yanulu difficult. over it's and over, difficult. can you? It's very, very difficult because me and my son, I mean, I like to think that he's learned off of me and I can see the way he does things. He does, I look at him, I think, oh, I used to do that. I used to do that. And I think, oh, hang on a minute. But when you look at it, it's very, very difficult because, you know, to get the staff to your level, it takes a lot of training. And if you're trying to work, like you see how busy we are, yeah. you haven't got the time to do it. 
So how do you do it? I mean, they have to, they have to learn on their feet, first of all, or you can send them to various training within, within, within the industry, but even that doesn't teach them. You know, I've learned over the years, you can, you can pay any amount of money to train people up, but there's no substitute for actually learning on, on the job, you know, and, and picking things up from us and doing, doing what you're told is the wrong word, but what I mean is taking on board what we've tried to teach you and learning. And if they've got the aptitude to do that, it will work. If they haven't, they won't. I mean, we've got staff that have got they've got the aptitude, and you can see it. You can you can see it fairly quickly because I've I've been in it a long while. I can see when people are faking it and when people are not faking it. And if you see people that they might they're not might they might not be faking it, but they're trying. You can see oh, there's something here that you can work with. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had other staff that you can see you know within a couple of weeks that they're working for you that that. Um, for whatever reason, out. it's never going to work out. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we've got one young lad working for us at the moment. I'm teasing quite a lot. Or jump. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like you're teasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such yeah. a sweet He's chap. He's a lovely, lovely, <laughs> lovely kid. Lovely kid. And we're persevering with him. He doesn't know a lot, but uh, he's got the right attitude. And that's what it's about. He's, you've got the right attitude. You can pick everything else. Everything else can follow on. Can you spot? I mean, can you spot that quite early? Yeah, if you spot. unfortunately, when I was twenty, I couldn't. But now that I've got all these grey hairs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's so there's no such stupid factor. experience. Yeah, yeah like that. The, the success of a company is for the the boss and yeah. the director to be able to identify that kind of yeah. thing sooner, maybe rather than later. True, we we've got um, a, a trait. I mean, if you go to somewhere like Tesco, one of the big boys, they've got their system. You go in, if you're not performing, you're out. We're, we're a lot more lenient, you know, we, we give people uh, the opportunity, the chance, and maybe we should be a bit more ruthless and when you can see it's not working in that, but we don't do that, I just can't, that's not me. You know, I try and give, we try and give people as much opportunity as possible um, and sometimes it goes too far over the line. I mean, we had it recently with a driver, he was an absolutely lovely man, lovely man, can't speak highly of what a good person he was. And when he was there, he, you know, he, he's, his work was excellent. He used to do the deliveries, but he had he had these personal problems. Um, yeah, I think it was to do with um, his health as well. But he had problems at home, and he'd work a week, and then it would turn up for two or three days. It, it, it they never ring me or text me. They would text Andrew, his son. <laughs> it was probably I'd say something different. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, they take, and I said, "Well, where, where's son?" So they go, "Oh, he's text me. He's not in today." But that because we we're um, we are a small company. Whatever we turn up, we are small. We're reliant on those eleven staff. So when he's not in, him on the counter has to go out and do his job. Mm. I have to come out from the back to do that one's job. And then when we close at five thirty. I'm there starting the work I should have done in the daytime, so I'm working till 10 or 11 at night. Um, and, and, you know, how do you avoid these situations? With this particular person, you know, we identified, and I said to my son, I said, look, it's not going to work, we've got to find someone else. But he does, he does what I've always done, and oh, well, he's a good person, let's give him a chance, give, give him a chance, I'll have a chat with him. But it, it never works out. It, unfortunately, when you come across a problem like that, um, a leopard never changes its spots, and you, you've really got to identify and put it right as early as possible because it can be detrimental to your company and your health. 
So you've got you've got to put that first. But I've not I'm not always the first to do that. You know, you always like to give people a try, but doing it correctly, you've got to do that. You've got to watch. You've got to watch for that. When you spoke earlier about balance, and one of the um, challenges I hear from a lot of my trades clients mm. when they're working with their family is that there's never a cut off. It's yeah. they'll be working all day and they'll be talking yeah. about work, and they come home and it's just work, and and they sometimes lose their relationship. Yeah, you guys no. nailed that. Yeah, what do you do? Well, advice I've never brought. You know, I do come home with work with that that needs to be doing, and I'll be sitting on in in the kitchen catching up just as I, I'm on top of it because I do I, I like to finish the day with everything done that I've started off but I've never ever brought work home in other words I've come home I'll sit down and we're tall we'll, you know we'll, we'll eat watch the telly or something but I never sit down and say oh Helen what about that today or what about that or what is this because that's finished as soon as that door's locked I can turn off so you have this strict rule that it's home well, it's not, it's, home not, it's, not, it's not a rule it, that's what I've always done when I come home uh, you know, I can turn off. Helen doesn't. I mean, you know, she. <laughs> I will come home and she, she's now doing work at home, and if and, and then she might not be talking to me. And I go, well, "What's the matter with you?" Well, actually, you hit on exactly yeah. the point I was trying yeah. to make. Yeah. In that, from the guy, I work mainly with the um, the directors or the founders yeah. of the trade teams, right? And they're bringing their partners on board. Yeah. And in our marketing sessions, I'm regularly hearing from these guys that I'm coming home and. Uh, let's call her Jane for, for yeah. this example. You know, Jane starts straight away and she's like, you know, John, have, have we done this today? And have we done that? And John just wants to... It's oh, yeah, so no, she doesn't do that. So how, how John just wants we, to cut off. How, yeah. Jo- yeah. Yeah. how would John sort of nicely <laughs> yeah. say to Jane, darling, I love you, but it's now, yeah. it's gone 6.30, let's... Yeah, yeah no, she, doesn't do that. She, she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. I mean, we both bring paperwork home. We both get we bring paperwork because we want to be on top of everything. But you know you do it. We don't sit there and talk about a problem or this happened or that happened. But if I if I've like you know when I when you're busy, I don't do it on purpose. But you're focused and you run around saying maybe sometimes you can say things abruptly, and because it's your wife or partner, you tend to do it more to them. It's you know she does it to me. I do it to her. Whereas when it's finished, cut off. I don't think nothing of it. She does. You know, she will come over and she says, and, she goes, and, and I go, what's the matter with you? You go, well, you said that to me today. And you know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm I said, well, business. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> so is it, is it, that's, I mean, I think that's, it's a brilliant thing, but is that a personality thing? Because I know, but yeah. you know, on various different things, apparently my personality type is to overthink things. Um, which then leads you to try and think about these things well, in the evenings and stuff. But yeah. can you, yeah. do you have to train yourself to just stop? Or no, I've never, I've never. It's just natural. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never, I've never had to train myself to stop. It's just, it's just that's the way it is. Uh, I mean, Helen is a hothead Greek woman, and and so what, whatever, whatever we're doing, whatever it is, whatever is in front of her, that's how she's going to deal with it. She, t- she takes things personally. She does. She just. Oh, she just she's gonna buys. love this podcast. Oh, no, right, I don't. I, I don't take things personally. I, I, well, I try not to anyway. But that's that's just people's nature, isn't it? You just got to learn. You just got to work with it. You got to remember though that you're both doing it for the the same reason, the same common cause, and that's what you focus on. Because it's da- it can be dangerous where you can then start attacking each other because it's like you must never let it get to that situation. Mm. And I, I, you know, we we have our moments, but we've never let it. It's never got that far. It's never, it's never got like that. We've always been the team or the firm, <laughs> <laughs> stronger together. Yeah, yeah. don't let anyone yeah. outside the family know 
What are you thinking? No, I don't know. Godfather. That is his actual nickname. Nick is actually called the Godfather. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't do it on purpose. I just that's just the way it is. You know, I just maybe it's my makeup. I don't know. I think that it's a strength, isn't it? And if if there was a sort of a little um, miracle formula, so to speak, that could then be relayed out to um, other trades professionals that. just bringing their partners on board now. I mean, yeah. you and Helen kind of started together, right? Yes, we did. I guess yeah. that's the difference. Sometimes the challenges I'm hearing at the moment is John, the director, has had the company for 10 years yeah. doing it solo. Suddenly, Jane is able to leave work now and yeah. wants to come on board. So John's been doing things a certain way for 10 years. And Jane obviously has lots of skills and things from her line in the corporate world, for example, yeah. and wants to implement stuff. And then that's where the, that crossover can be a bit dangerous. Yeah, it can be. I mean, obviously that's difficult because because she's the wife or, or husband, it could be could be either way, yeah. because they're the partner, um, they have that much extra power, don't they? So, uh, or influence is probably a better word. So they feel that you should listen to them and, yeah. and, and do that. Well, we started it together and, and we both know our... Uh, you know, our skill sets, and it's just, just that, that's how it's developed. Just you know, I, when I get told off, I'll you know, <laughs> good at taking it, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. He does get told off, <laughs> you know, but she'd tell you it goes over my head. I don't, you know, just because she tells me off, I don't, don't go cow in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> like we say, Helen is the brains of yeah, this operation, yeah, and yeah. uh. Nick, Nick's, it's T-boy, as we like to say. No. You both work really I, do, well. I actually used to make a good cup of tea in my dad's cafe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so. Today's was good. Yeah, yeah very good. Today's was very good. Yeah. And thanks yeah. for advising to your husband. That's well. right. You're welcome. Very nice. Thank you very much. That's right. So that's everything wrapped up today. Did you mm. want to give any one pearl of wisdom to finish for, for our trade and construction? A pearl of wisdom? You know what? I know you've got loads. No, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing uh, that bothers me, and, I, I, and I, I've experienced actually personally recently, never let anyone down. Um, I won't say what uh, what someone let us down recently, but never let anyone down. If someone, if you if you promise something, you've got to do it. If someone rings you up with a problem after you've done something, go and sort it out. It's you. Your reputation will 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 grow enormously. And and I'm going to mention Charlie Sindula here okay. because he done something. Uh, he, he's an agro. He done something absolutely fantastic a few years ago. Something went wrong with his sign, and he put it right. And I, it cost him thousands, but he put it right because his reputation was more important than the money. So that's my tip: do what you say you're going to do. Don't let anyone down. If there's problems afterwards, go and sort it out because you will reap the the reward. Actually, I think John had one more thing he wanted to ask. Yes. So, um, as you are now, if you got into that time machine and transported back, oh, God, yeah, all those years <laughs> when you're just starting out to a younger you, what's yeah. the one piece of advice you'd give? Back well, well I tell you what, I wouldn't do again yeah. is I would because when my, when I started the first business, I started with partners. I wouldn't start with partners again. Right. I would start on my own. If I'd have started on my own all them years ago, I would. Uh, Nilco would now instead of being a 26 year company would be a 40 year company and we would have been where we are now 15 years ago right. the thing is when you're young you I mean 
I don't know if you lack confidence, but you, you, you perhaps lack know-how and you go into business with other people looking for strength from them. But what you don't realise is they're looking for the same strength from you. Um, so you could have done it on your own. And I'm not saying there's nothing anything wrong with going into partnerships because there are many people that do them and they do work. But that's for me, that's the one thing I would never go into partnership. Well, the only partnership I'm in is with Helen. <laughs> <laughs> the only one you need. Yes, yes that's the only one I need. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. actually told me once when we when we finished with the second partnership, she said that if you ever go into another partnership, she's gonna string me out. <laughs> <laughs> Honest speaking, there you go. There you go. Thank you very much for joining us today, Thank you. That's all for this time. But don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.